This is Steve Thompson reading John 13, 18 through 30. Yesterday, we joined Jesus and his disciples in a pre-Passover meal where Jesus dramatically redefined what servant leadership looked like. He washed each of their feet and he elevated the most invisible, lowly, menial task into a shockingly intimate expression of care and love. One would have expected that what we're about to read should have come before the foot washing, but it didn't. Instead, Jesus finished up washing their feet and he challenged them to follow his example if they truly believed that he was Lord and teacher. And then he continued in verse verse 18, I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen, but this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, who's he talking about? So that that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. Judas. That name takes on a meaning of its own, doesn't it? If you call somebody Judas. Yeah, Peter was a screw-up. He didn't think before he spoke, uh, and was that was always getting him in trouble. But Judas, he was conniving. John already told us a chapter ago that Judas was greedy and helped himself to their shared account, lining his own pockets. And I have this really compelling theory, at least to me, about how Judas was simply trying to force Jesus' hands by starting the military revolt that they all expected him to start anyway. And Judas wasn't averse to making a little money on the side from the people he saw as colluding with the enemy. I'd love to tell you my whole conspiracy theory about this, but this probably isn't the place, so you'll just have to ask me about it sometime. But I will tell you that while you may end up being a bit more sympathetic to Jesus— and his cause or his plight, sorry, Judas, if I said Jesus, Judas and his cause or his plight, it doesn't remove any of the guilt from Judas for his treachery. And unfortunately, in Judas becoming a more sympathetic character, we can actually begin to see ourselves in him. We see where our weaknesses under the same circumstances might lead us to do similar things. Which when we allow this narrative to inform us, we begin to understand that many behaviors that we rationalize or excuse may open the door to spiritual influence. 
but not the spirit we were hoping for. And when Judas had dipped the bread, Satan entered him. Or when Judas ate the bread that had been dipped, Satan entered him. We could debate what the meaning of that word entered was, going back to the original Greek and all of that, but let's not. Let's just agree that there was a sinister plot going on in the spiritual realm that was far more insidious and treacherous and thought out even than the one going on in the physical realm. I'm never one to really focus much on Satan. I mean, he's a defeated enemy, but he is still prowling around, making trouble wherever and for whomever he can. But I think Christians can fall into at least two major mistakes when it comes to the demonic. The first is to just dismiss it all as a myth. Just because he doesn't really have to surface in a society like ours that generally doesn't believe in the spiritual or the supernatural. But just because that's true doesn't mean that he's not there either. I imagine he's pretty content to fly under the radar and wreak havoc wherever he can without anybody thinking twice that it might be him. The second problem or, or uh, error that we could fall into, the mistake we make, is to fear it, is to fear him and look for him as the culprit behind almost any trouble we come in contact with. There's got to be a balance. Jesus deals with Satan numerous times while on earth, sometimes in a more dramatic encounter, most of the time simply by moving in on what was previously Satan's territory and just taking it from him. So I guess I would just invite you to meditate on this reality that played out in Judas's life like this. Have I given any foothold to Satan or the demonic in my life? Without knowing exactly who I'm speaking to right now, I'm not thinking any of, you, any of you should worry about demonic possession or anything extreme like that. I'm just thinking about Paul's encouragement to the Ephesians that even things like unchecked anger give Satan a foothold into our lives. It's an emotion that we haven't surrendered to Jesus. Do we have any areas in our lives that need to come out of the darkness, out of the comfort of the unknown, and expose it to the healing light of Jesus' presence and his forgiveness? Are there lies that we've believed that we need to renounce, possibly on a daily basis, just to bring that truth more and more into our consciousness and even subconsciousness? Are there pet disobediences that we've somehow rationalized and justified, but they just need to be called out for what they are? If the Holy Spirit's bringing anything to mind at all right now, just hit pause and deal with that. Talk to God about it. Don't hide anything. Talk it all out and maybe even find a trusted friend who also follows Jesus that you can talk through this with. But pause it right now and take care of business. And then if you've unpaused this, uh, my other thought is, are we gearing up for battle? Later on in the book of Ephesians, Paul tells them, the Ephesians, to put on their spiritual armor. And don't take a defensive posture with that spiritual armor. Get ready to swipe some enemy territory. Are we even hungry to swipe hostile territory? territory. 
and undermine the forces that always seem to be winning around us? Well, the violent, aggressive posture for winning that battle, that bout, always looks like someone on their knees. (laughs) It's always counterintuitive with this guy, Jesus. But it's the same posture he took washing his disciples' feet right before Satan entered Judas. Paul spells his little plan out for taking down our non-flesh-and-blood enemies by saying, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How? Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. i got to read that again. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So maybe it's time to do just that. And I'll get us started, and then I'm going to let you take this into the area where you see the darkness that needs to lose more ground to the light today. Father God, I pray against the spirit of self-reliance that I run into every day. I know I still struggle with it, and I want to just throw myself into completely complete dependence on you right now. But Jesus, would you also give me an opportunity today to share and to be good news to someone who thought they had their life under control? I pray, first of all, that you would open their eyes to their complete helplessness and hopelessness to find meaning and purpose and fulfillment in their own control. But usher in an unstoppable joy in complete submission to your leadership. May a spirit of abandon begin to shake any sense of control and self. I ask it in Jesus' name, who has undermined death and poured out unstoppable life. Amen.